0: Earlier this month, over 500 rockets were fired from Gaza toward Israel, demonstrating how Israeli citizens are under constant threat from attacks, both through the air and on the ground. But preserving the security of Israel and the safety of her people is a battle that impacts the safety of America as well. Joining me on the show today is General Avivi, and I'm thrilled to have him here. We're going to be talking about what's going on in Israel and why it matters to us or should matter to us here in the United States. General, welcome. It's an honor to have you.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here.
0: So give me a little bit of history, of your history, uh, where you came from and how you got to where you are.
1: Well, you know, I come from a family as that has been living in Jerusalem 15 generations. My family was expelled from Spain. They went to Saloniki, in North Greece. And after three generations, they made Aliyah, they came to Israel, to the old city. And since then, all my family is living in Jerusalem, and I was born in Jerusalem. My young age, you know, my father was a diplomat, so I spent almost all my young age moving around. I lived in South America five years, and in Italy, and in Africa, in Ivory Coast. Graduated from a British high school, and then came back to Israel at the age of 18 to join the military. I joined the combat engineers, and I really liked military life, leadership, so on. And, uh, you know, I stayed 30 years in the Israeli Defense Forces. And one of the, you know, things um, that shaped the way I I see things and what I do today, was when I was a battalion commander. As a battalion commander, I was appointed in 2002, in April, at the beginning of Operation Defensive Shield in Judea and Samaria. No, at the time there were hundreds of terror attacks uh, in Israel. More than a a thousand Israelis were killed, and we launched a large-scale operation, uh, which went on for a very long time. It took us several years to stabilize the situation again, and I found myself with my 800 soldiers operating for 10 months, day and night, day and night, against terror defending the towns, attacking terrorists, you know, in the Palestinian cities. And 10 months is a long time to be in constant combat. And when these 10 months ended, they told us we have three weeks to organize ourselves and we are deployed again for 10 months, which is unbelievable. You know, it was very hard. I had a chance to talk to all my battalion and I found myself asking them a very strange question. How many of you i have ever been in Jerusalem. We're talking about Israeli soldiers, right? Half of my battalion has never been in Jerusalem. They, are not, they didn't know what they are fighting for. You know, and, and the ones that actually were in Jerusalem, half of them have, didn't visit the, the Kotel, you know, the Wailing Wall. So I had three weeks, one week vacation, one week to organize the equipment, and only one week of training. And I said, I'm not going to do this one week training. I'm taking my whole battalion to Jerusalem. And we spent the whole week in Jerusalem. I took my 800, 800 soldiers to David's city. They connected, you know, to what it was to be a Jew 3,000 years ago. And then to the Kotel and to the old city. And then we took them also to the new city, to the Knesset, to the Supreme Court. And in the last day... Which is
0: day, Parliament for people which who is are the listening Parliament, yet. right.
1: And in the last day, 800 soldiers sat at the president's house and spoke with the president. And when they went back to operate, this was a completely different battalion. They were full of spirit, you know, they were determined. And they excelled in combat to such an extent that we managed to foil 100% of the terror attacks in our region. And I didn't lose even one soldier in combat. And this got the attention of the chief of staff, you know, invited me as a battalion commander. And, and he asked me, you know, wh- what did you do? How come your battalion is excelling so much in combat? And I told him the story, you know, he was so amazed that when I finished my position as battalion commander, he appointed me to be aide-de-camp of the uh, chief of staff. I, You know, I went and, uh, be, to the office of the chief of staff and uh, became his aide-de-camp. And since then, the army is sending all the warriors every year to Jerusalem, because they understand what it is really to build national security. It's first and foremost about national values. And and I've seen throughout my uh, career a decline in the education system, in teaching patriotism, Zionism, connection to our history and heritage. And this affects, at the end of the day, the society, the resilience. So when I finished my service after 30 years, I decided that I must do something about that. And three years ago, I founded a new organization called IDSF, Israel Defense and Security Forum. It's a combination of a grassroots movement and a think tank. And we promote Israel's national security for the long term. And... um, It's amazing to see how excited the officers of Israel became about this issue. And in three years since we were established, 18,000 Israeli officers and commanders in reserve and retired joined the organization. And we are mobilizing thousands of soldiers to educate the young generation. We are dominating today Israel's mainstream media. And we are working with the government and also, you know, with the U.S. government promoting Israel's national security.
0: You know, you're talking about the, the next generation that's coming up. Thomas Jefferson called them the rising generation, the young people that were going to be taking our place uh, out on the battlefield. And it's so important. And as you're talking about taking your battalion to Jerusalem, I was thinking how we have lost. We have lost so much in the United States because our young people, the rising generation, don't understand the history of the nation. They don't know why the monuments are so important. They don't know the history of Mount Vernon, Washington. They've never been to the Potomac River. They don't understand what it took to become free from Great Britain. They don't understand the Revolutionary War. We're losing uh, our national identity. And what I'm hearing you say is that's part of what Israel is focused on infusing into this, this new generation is a sense of national identity, a sense of national pride, why it matters because if they don't understand what they're fighting for then they won't have the will to do what it is that needs to be done and israel is under constant attack even now i mean right now you guys are in the news every night of the week it seems that you're this close to war in israel right now
1: yeah so will is is a very important concept you know in in hebrew we have a say There is is no power in the world as will. Will is the strongest power there is in the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, when Herschel, that had only will, said, I want to reestablish the state of Israel. Mm -hmm. In a reality that was impossible, by sheer will, he managed to do that. And will is something that exists when it's fueled by a sense of rightness. That you know that you are doing the right thing. Yes. And, and this is what we are talking about. We are talking about building the will of the nation. And I and I can tell you something optimistic. You know, we are engaging every day with the young generation. And they are suffering pretty much from the same issues that the young generation here in the States. But when you start talking to them, values, they get ignited. Yes. Like, you know, they, they, they want to connect to something that is bigger than them. Yes. They want to know that they, are, they are, belong to something that matters. It's not just about them. Mm-hmm. Some, something bigger than them. Mm-hmm. But they need leaders, you know, that will help them. Mm-hmm. And what we are doing now with our generals and commanders, you know, for many years, all of us in the army, this is what we did. We built in our units this sense of pride and conviction, because this is how you prepare a unit for war.
0: That's right.
1: And now we are taking these practices we learned in the army and bringing them to civil life, to the young generation, to the society. And you know we are doing really well in Israel, and we decided now to expand these programs also to the U.S., to Jewish communities and evangelical communities, and help assist, build this leadership that is needed in order to really get the young generation uh, the place we all want them to be, you know, proud, patriotic. Mm -hmm. To understand where
0: they came from. You got to understand where you come from if you want to have a good direction to to go to. I want to ask you just uh, for, I know uh, you're in a hurry today. I want to ask you really briefly about the two state solution, creating a Palestinian state. We hear about it uh, in the United States, unfortunately, We're seeing the rise of socialism, we're seeing actually in the United States a rise of anti-Semitism, people who don't understand why the connection between the United States and and Israel has been so powerful and really a force for good for generations. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that because there are new threats now that that are coming out every day in Israel. And part of that is what we're seeing being preached on the floor, unfortunately, here in the United States, both the Senate and the House of Representatives, Uh, pushing from our own representatives to have a a two-state solution.
1: I don't know if people know that, but the name Palestine has nothing to do with Muslims or Arabs. It has everything to do with Jewish history. This name was given by the Romans after we, we, the Jews, rebelled twice and tried to liberate our country from the Romans that at the time was called Judea, the land of the Jews. When we failed the second time uh, to rebel against the Romans, they decided to completely erase the connection between the Jews and their land. And they named the land Palestinian. This is hundreds and hundreds of years before Islam, before Arabs. So it was known throughout history that the name Palestine has everything to do with Jews and nothing to do with anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's an attempt
0: um, at eradication. Yeah. Yes.
1: And um, Israel, you know, it's a very, very small land. You know, from the sea to the Jordan Valley, it's 45 miles. It's maybe like the city of Orlando. Yeah. And from these 45 miles, the the vast majority of these miles is Judea and Samaria. It's the mountains. Israel is Judea and Samaria with a bit of shore and a bit of Jordan Valley. That's it. Israel cannot thrive, cannot exist spiritually or physically without Judea and Samaria. So what we are doing in IDSF, we are developing a new out-of-the-box ideas, innovative ideas of how to solve in the long term the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But it cannot come at the expense of Israel's existence and prosperity. We must ensure that the Jewish people are safe in their homeland. And once we, we know how to define what it means to be safe for generations to come, then we can present plans uh, that, you know, uh, adhere to this uh, principle. And this is what we are doing. There are many solutions. One of the things we are saying to the Jewish people, and it's also relevant for for the Christian world, you don't need to give up your identity to solve problems. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be 100% connected to your values. And when you want to talk about uh, practical problems, we can address them and yeah. find solutions. But it's not our, at the expense of our basic values.
0: It is important that the American people understand uh, how important it is and vital to stand with Israel, to continue to support Israel. Uh, We've talked about this at length on the show over the weeks and I know that our audience is really interested in this so that we become more grounded in our history as Thomas Jefferson reminded us that without educating the rising generation, we're gonna continue to see conflict in the Middle East. We're gonna continue to see a decline here in the United States, and we need uh, people like you at the front of this fight. Where can people find out more information about you online?
1: So we have a great website, and uh, we are very active on social media in English, uh, idsf.org.il, and we'll be very happy to engage with the different uh, communities, bring our leadership and know-how, educate people about what's going on in Israel. Yeah. You know, we also have a strong research department and... uh, We we really follow closely everything that's going on in our region and in Israel and really give the people the understanding of what's going on and how to deal with this young generation and build this leadership.
0: I love it, and I thank you for your service. Uh, General Avivi, it's been an absolute honor to have you here. Thank you for coming back. Come back again. Keep us posted. And in the meantime, uh, you have our prayers and our support. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank
1: you very much.